Well, this morning we're going to do something a little bit different. If you're new or visiting, we're going to read through the birth of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Jim, one of the pastors here. And um, it's going to be hard for you to follow because we're jumping through various Gospels. So it's an opportunity just for you to, to listen, to rest, to take it all in as we go over the scriptures of why, we, why do we even celebrate Christmas? It's a very important reason. Father, I pray for the gift of teaching and as we go over your word uh, that you will be glorified in and through the morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now in the sixth month, an angel, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And Nazareth is still there to this very day. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. So we want to look at this word betrothed. It's very important to understand what this means. It's what we would call today engaged or an engagement. But even more importantly, there was a civil ceremony where they would, the, the families arranged marriages in that day and age. And there are some countries that still do that. And so they would sign a document stating that they are legally married. Now, they would not come together physically because they had not been married religiously. So they remained separated. The son would then go and add on to the father's house an addition. And when his father felt like the addition was satisfactory, then he would send his son to go get his bride. Of course, everything was in the background arranged, but just so that you get a bigger picture as it relates even to the New Testament. And so here this woman, Mary, is betrothed, engaged, but it's a legal document. Very important to remember that. It's a legal document. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. So again, we want to look at this and back up a little bit and remember that Mary now is probably 14, 15, 16 years of age. Joseph probably close to that age as well. The average age at this lifetime was 35 years old. In 1900 in America, in America, the average lifespan was 35 years of old age, 35 years old. Uh, in some countries, the average lifespan is 35 years. They didn't have time to mess around. They got busy. And so here is Mary and Joseph. As well, the women were looking forward to bring forth the Messiah, the Messiah. Even to this day, I've been the privilege of going to Israel 10 times. Not sure when we're going back, but hopefully we will. There's been banners every, single, every time I've gone back. The Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. They don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They believe that Jesus is the Gentile Messiah. So they haven't recognized Jesus yet. But it's very interesting, and I'll mention this later on in the study. So she was looking forward to carrying the Messiah. Every woman would have looked forward to this. So this is why she's not afraid or totally surprised. The angel goes on to say, And he'll be great and be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob. And what's another name for Jacob? Israel. Forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. Now Mary knows this is the Messiah. This is absolutely the Messiah that you're talking about here. 
Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Very honest question. I haven't been physically with a man. How could I be pregnant? How could this happen? So the angel goes on to explain. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Very, very important as we come to celebrate Christmas. Most people on this earth have an opinion about Jesus. He's either a great prophet in Islam. He's either the spirit brother of Lucifer, Mormonism. He's an angel, uh, Jehovah Witnesses. In most of the isms, he was either a really good teacher or a really good prophet. But there are some people that say, you know what? He never even existed. It's all a myth. But it's amazing how they'll have an opinion about Jesus. There's no other name under heaven. But here we see that the angel says, will be called the Son of God. Very, very important. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. She was beyond the childbearing years. And this is now the sixth month for who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Very important verse there. As you read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation, which I encourage you to do, if you can believe the first ten words in the Bible, you will have no issues with the rest of the Bible. You'll have no issues. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything else is easy. So for a virgin to conceive via the Holy Spirit is not an issue at all. And so what does Mary say? Because she believed in the word of God. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So you could imagine being 14, 15, 16 years of age. Some of you are that age right now. An angel appears to you, but she knew the word of God. She understood the word of God. She was looking for the Messiah, which might be different than you as a teenager right now today. And I encourage you as a teenager today to be in your Bible. Jesus is coming back again. You need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, not with a church, a personal relationship, because you will be held accountable for your own relationship with God. Even as an adult, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Savior, we're glad you're here today. We've got good news for you. God loves you. God sent his son to die for you. There's a free gift of salvation that you can have if you so choose. But if you deny that, after this day, if you haven't heard it before, which I'm sure you have because God's a merciful God, you will not be able to say, well, nobody told me. No, you've been told. God sends nobody to hell. We choose to go there ourselves when we reject the gospel, which another name for gospel is good news, when we reject the gospel, when we reject Jesus as our Savior. So here is this situation, and Joseph hasn't been informed yet. Now remember what we've already read? They're married. Piece of paper by the civil law. So Joseph finds out about this. And what would you think as a young 14, 15, 16-year-old man if your wife, wife, not girlfriend, not fiance, if your wife... If all of a sudden pregnant. All right, who has she been with? She's been with another man. Well, according to the law, that's adultery. And the adulterer and the adulteress, both male and female, are to be stoned to death. That was according to the law. So all of a sudden now, Joseph has this predicament going on as a young teenager. You think you might have problems as a teenager? Oh, boy. 
Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when the, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Again, read your Bible. It's going to say things over and over to make sure we understand. Before they came together, before they had physical relationship, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, not her boyfriend, not her man, notice the biblical marital terms, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately, give her a bill of divorce. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take Mary, your wife. Notice that, your wife. Civil ceremony, religious ceremony. And in most countries today, if you don't know this, there are civil weddings, but you have to be married civilly before you get married religiously. That's just the law of the land in certain countries. Peru is one of those countries. Oh, where was I? Sorry. And shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Very important there, sins. Do we need to be saved from our sins? Um, I would have just one question for you if we were to have a conversation. I would eventually ask you maybe this question. If you died today, would you go to heaven? If you died today, would you go to heaven? And so the typical response is, typical response is, I hope so. I hope so. There's no assurance there whatsoever with that. And so I want you to know that you can ask Jesus to be your Savior. You acknowledge that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. The Holy Spirit will come in you. And you will be sealed, what the Bible says, sealed until the day you die. You will become a child of God, a son or a daughter. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Very important. Because, again, people have an opinion about who Jesus is. People come and knock on your door and tell you, as a Bible-believing Christian, who Jesus is. No, you need to know who Jesus is by your Bible. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. After several months, we find Joseph and Mary are settled in Nazareth. Things appeared to be going well, but that would soon change because of a man from Rome. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. In other words, I want to know how many people live in my world. So everyone had to go back to their home, to where they were born, and register so that they could have a census. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. So as the team gets ready to sing a little town of Bethlehem, we want to talk about this a little bit. Nazareth is roughly 80 to 90 miles north of Bethlehem. 80 to 90 miles. How many of you ladies have been nine-month pregnant? Any of you ladies been nine-month? Raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Nobody's going to hurt you. How many of you ladies would like to ride on a donkey 
for 80 to 90 miles. They didn't have cars, they didn't have buses, they didn't have trains. They had donkeys or camels. Most likely it was a donkey. And Joseph most likely walked on foot. How many miles can you cover in one day? This was not easy. But as long as the government asks us to do something that is not sinful, we're to obey the laws of the land. If they ask us to do something sinful, then we don't need to obey. We stand by the word of God. So we see here something very important that Joseph obeyed the laws of the land and he went to his home birth. But what's really interesting, if you look at the bigger picture, would they have gone to Bethlehem otherwise to give birth to Jesus? Why? We're in Nazareth. We're all set up. Why should we go? They wouldn't have gone. But to fulfill the scriptures, God used Caesar Augustus. He used the Roman emperor to get Jesus where he needed to be born. So sometimes even in our lives, God will use the government to cause things into our lives, irritability, uncomfortableness, to get us to a new place in our Christian walk. Continue to read the word of God. Join us in seeing O Little Town of Bethlehem. Stop.
so we're going to read. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, for, to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So again, before we sing what child is this, we want to remember what this young couple was going through. So here they are traveling from uh, Nazareth to Bethlehem. You could imagine uh, this was a requirement. So there are hundreds, if not thousands of people coming to Bethlehem. In today's modern language, the inn would be the motel, hotel. So as they were going, all the motels, all the hotels were filled. There was no place for them to lodge until they came to one inn. And the innkeeper said, I'm sorry, I don't have anything, but I do have a barn out back, a cave out back, a stable out back. And so in most manger scenes, you'll see a stable made of wood and straw. Um, I personally don't believe that's the picture. Uh, like I said, I've been to Israel 10 times, been to Nazareth, been to Bethlehem. And in Bethlehem, there's mountains right outside the city, and there's caves outside the city, and it's limestone. So most likely in that day and age, because things were very, very costly, they would turn the caves into their stables. So what would they put in their stables? Where was Jesus going to be born? He'd be born with cows, maybe sheep, maybe goats, maybe chickens. We have no idea what the animals were, but we know there were animals there, maybe donkeys. As they eat, what do they produce? Yeah, you all know. Now, if you're on a farm, that's called money. But if you're not on a farm, it's called a mess, and it really stinks. Why would Jesus be born there? I believe so that no one on the face of this earth would be able to say to God on Judgment Day, well, God, you don't understand. No, God understands perfectly well. His son was born in a stable. Not a nice, clean hospital with clean blankets and a little warmer to put him under if he's cold. No, it was warm from all the heat of the animals, but it really stunk. And it most likely the manger was because, again, the mountains are made of limestone, so they probably chiseled out a block of limestone and put a groove in it, chiseled out a groove. Why? You pour water in that, the water's going to stay. It's going to eventually evaporate, but it's going to stay. You put grain in that, it's going to stay. And so I personally believe that they laid Jesus, they softened it, obviously, but I personally, I wouldn't argue with anybody about this, but I personally believe that he was laid on a piece of rock. Where was he laid when he died, when he was buried? A piece of rock a slab, so that no one would ever be able to say, in a grave that was not his, borrowed. Why? Because Jesus didn't own anything. So that no one would ever be able to say, well, God, you don't understand. No, God understands perfectly. And if you're here today and you don't have Jesus as your Savior, if you don't know that you would go to heaven with your last breath, at the end of the service, I'm going to pray a prayer. Read the word. Hear the word. Listen to the songs. You maybe have sang them for 10, 20, 30 years and not understood why they're even out there. There's a lot of theology in these songs about God's love, grace, and mercy for you. Because I was an unbeliever, but I went to church every Sunday punching the clock. And at 17 years old, I received Jesus as my Savior, and that was 46 years ago. 
So it's never too early and it's never too late to receive Jesus as your Savior. If you're just coming here to punch the clock, another religious duty, we're letting you know God loves you and desires a relationship with you. What child is this? What child is this? shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So again, as you read your Bible, you want to read from Genesis to Revelation, all of it. And you'll see as we get the rest, some more of the story here, shepherds would not have been with their sheep in the field in December. Most likely September, October, March, April. So we picked December 25th to celebrate Jesus' birthday, but it could have been any day. Fact is, he was born. We know that. We don't want to get hung up on the scriptures, but we want to look at the scriptures so that we can understand better the events that were taking place. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, to the shepherds, and and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Again, we want to remember God came and God loves eight plus billion people on the face of this earth. 
Religion will tell you otherwise. That's why you want to go to your Bible. It's all about relationship. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Again, these shepherds would have known that the Messiah was coming. They would have been looking for the Messiah. So this is not surprising to them when they're hearing this message. But what I find interesting is they came to shepherds, who in that culture was the lowest of the low. Why didn't the angels go to the religious elite who had the word of God, the Old Testament? Why didn't didn't they go to them? Well, we don't know, but this we do know. They came to the shepherds, and it's very important as we listen to the rest of the story. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. You see, Jesus came to bring peace, a heavenly peace. Because unfortunately, we have earthly wars and frustrations and pains. And until we find Jesus as our Savior, we're not going to have that peace that surpasses understanding. We might have the momentary peace that we think we get through alcohol or drugs or, or sex or money or whatever it is. But it's just temporary. You know that. I know that. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. No doubt in their minds. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. No hesitation. We have found the Messiah. He's a baby. He's been born. He's in a manger. He's in Bethlehem. Listen to the next verse. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. You're shepherds. Who are you? You're not the religious elite. You're not the ones that know the Bible. Who are you to tell us that the Messiah has been born? Born. Again, why? So that no one will be able to say, God, you don't understand. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. No, 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 no. The shepherds, the shepherds. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. As we sing, O Holy Night, again, pay attention to the words. Very important that you pay attention to the words. Because, you know, many of you have been singing these songs for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years probably 40 times over the last two weeks, and we can become dull to what is being sung. So as you sing it, as we sing it, pay close attention to the words, O Holy Night.
reason that night was so divine was because the Savior had come into this earth to set us free from sin. Do we have slavery going on in our world this day? Unfortunately, yes. There's slave, sex slave traffickers. The sneakers you're wearing might have come from China. The average wage right now in China is $2.60. How many of you would work for $2.60 an hour and not think you're a slave? The clothes you're wearing probably come from a nation where they're making that maybe per day for the clothes you're wearing. Jesus came for eight plus billion people. That's not for guilt or condemnation. That's for the realization that anyone can become a brother or a sister. And that's why we want to take the gospel out to the whole world. The whole world needs to hear the gospel. And you and I have that opportunity here locally, as well as through our missionaries around the world. Well, a little over one year later, we'll say a year, 18 months. We don't know exactly, but we know it was not more than two years. We find a group of men seeking after a newborn king of Israel. We read this in the scriptures. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Wise men. So these are most likely, they're coming from Babylon, who had all kinds of writings, including the scriptures. So they were seeking God. And they were reading all kinds of various documents which included the Bible. Very important. So they came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Not just pay him respect, but to worship him. Now we know according to the word that we don't worship men or women Even though our society, we worship sports figures and music figures, we are taught not to worship. Even angels, the few times that angels were attempted to be worshipped by people in the word of God, the angels said, stop that. You do not worship me. You worship God alone. And notice what these men are doing. We've come to seek, what, the Messiah They believed in God, and they were looking for the Messiah, the Son of God. And we want to worship Him. And you'll notice also that there is a unique star. So some people have tried to pass this off as, you know, a star flying by or a comet or this or that. Leave it for what the Bible says it is. This goes back to the first ten words of the Bible. If you can believe the first ten words in the Bible, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, why is this so preposterous that there was a very important star that was guiding and leading the wise men. Not at all. Because we go on to read, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. Why was he disturbed? Because he's king, and nobody else is going to be king. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, so those who knew the Old Testament, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. Again, the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. In the New Testament, Christ in the Greek, anointed one. Hebrew, Old Testament, Messiah, Messiah, anointed one. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found them, 
and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Now, as you read the rest of the story, you find out that this is not true, that this was a lie. A matter of fact, the wise men were warned in a dream to go home a different route. And so they went home a different route. Herod found out about it, became very upset. And he sent his soldiers to Bethlehem and the surrounding area to kill every child under the year of male child under the age of two years. So that's why we know they came a year, 18 months later. But notice that they're in a house. They're not in a stable. They're in a house. They have now made their home in Bethlehem. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. This is a miracle. When they had saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and what? Worshipped him. Joseph and Mary would have said, what are you doing? Stop. What are you doing? We don't do this. No, they were taken aback because they had both already been told that Mary is carrying the Messiah. They didn't understand that fully. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. As we get ready to sing these three kings, I encourage you again to look at the words. Now, were there three? The Bible doesn't say so. There could have been two. There could have been four. And why do we have three? And why do we have them up here? Because this is how Costco sells them in a set. <laughs> and if we wait a year to 18 months, they're never going to show up. So we put them out as a set. Read your Bible. Get the full picture. You'll understand why. But what's important to see here is they brought them gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh. I encourage you to do a Bible study on why those three gifts. The very, it's a very deep Bible study. But on the second hand, or on the other side of that coin as well, is they were going to be sent to Egypt. Joseph was going to be warned in a dream, go to Egypt. Jesus' life is at stake. So this would have been an, such an important way to provide for them. And we don't know exactly how long they were in Egypt, but we know they went from Egypt later on after Herod died and went back to Nazareth to, to settle in Nazareth. But it would have provided for them. God provides in so many different ways. Don't put God in a box. Let God take care of you. We three kings.
So what do we do with this story? What do we do with this information? It gives us the real reason for this wonderful season of Christmas. You see, it is a story that starts a tremendous journey of Jesus of Nazareth, the one who is known as the Christ, the Savior of the world. It's obviously the greatest birth announcement of any child ever made. And why is that? You see, because in the law, sinners, which we all are, need to offer various blood sacrifices via animals. And these sacrifices would then cover our sins or their sins. Our Lord's birth and sinless life would eventually lead to the final acceptable blood sacrifice once and for all for sin. You see, the death and resurrection of our Lord offers all of humanity the opportunity to become one with the Heavenly Father. You see, this baby boy that we have just heard about was God in human flesh, as we've read, but I'll read it again. Matthew one twenty three. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And so let's ask ourselves some questions. Did Joseph and Mary know that? Do you think that Mary knew when she was nursing Jesus that she was nursing God? Do you think when she was changing or Joseph was changing the diaper that they thought, well, I'm changing God? Do you think when Mary you know, gave Jesus to Joseph, she said, Joseph, don't drop God. Whatever you do, don't throw God in the air. No. They didn't. Did the Lord's brothers and sisters acknowledge that? No. Matter of fact, they mocked him and ridiculed him, doubted him. 
Did those in his hometown grasp that, that he was the son of God? Not at all. Matter of fact, when he made the announcement, they took him to the edge of a cliff and were going to throw him. They were going to kill him because he made that statement. Did the religious elite believe that Jesus was the son of God? If they would have been searching the scriptures, yes, but they weren't. So no. Maybe you're here today and you don't believe that Jesus is the Christ. Maybe you're a teenager. Maybe you're like me, just going through the motions. Your parents are making you come. Or maybe you're an older person and you're smarter than that. They didn't realize it was Jesus because why? They were not seeking the scriptures. They were listening to other people. Did those who are reigning in political power recognize that? As we see this happening in our nation, the Bible right now is almost the number one thing ridiculed every single day on the state-run media in one form or another. Almost every single day, the Bible or Christians are mocked or ridiculed almost every single day. So are the political parties realizing that God, Jesus, is the only way to heaven? No. Did the religious authorities of that day search the scriptures to see if Jesus was the Christ? As I've already mentioned, no. No one truly comprehended the purpose of his coming to this earth. Because of his humble birth, he was just another baby brought to the temple for dedication. He was just another teenager who went to the feast in Jerusalem three times a year. In the eyes of those around him, he was just another man in the vast sea of humanity. You see, right now, over the next 24 hours, billions of people will celebrate this wonderful holy holiday called Christmas in one way or another. And, and for many, for most in America, it's just another day off of work. Get a day off of work. It's wonderful. We can exchange gifts, take time to eat with the family, and have a momentary happiness before facing another tomorrow, which will be December 26th. <laughs> Return those things you didn't want. But for the Bible-believing Christian, it is a day that signifies the birth of a man who would one day rise from the dead. He was seen by a woman called Mary, not his mother, but another woman called Mary, who went and told the disciples that he had actually risen from the dead. Did they believe that? No, and I don't blame them. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. But yet at the same time, Jesus on several occasions warned them, I'm going to be delivered over to the Gentiles. I'm going to die. I'm going to be married. But on the third day, I will rise again. Were there any disciples at the tomb on the third morning? No. No, unfortunately. He was who he had said he was, God who had come in human flesh. Years later, as the Apostle John was looking back, some 60 years, he was able to make this commentary on who was actually walking amongst them. John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, we gather together this day, not to celebrate a baby laying in a manger, but the risen Lord who is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who are we as a society looking to right now? We're looking to a political party to save us from ourselves. We're looking to a political party to save us from ourselves. It's hopeless. 
No, we need to be looking to Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, we gather together this day not to just acknowledge the birth of Jesus, but to acknowledge that without the Lord's birth, death, and resurrection, we as a people are most miserable. We have no hope. 1 John 5 says this, And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Now in John, as you read his writings and all the writings, you're going to learn that eternal life in context is forever with God or forever apart from God. Everyone in this room, we are living in eternity right now. We have just not taken our final breath to step into eternity. God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. He doesn't send anybody to hell. You make a choice deliberately to say, I don't believe you. I don't believe the Bible. I want nothing to do with this. You will have eternal life, but it will not be with God. It'll be apart from God, and that's your own decision. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Why is there so much pressure about the Bible and about Christians right now? Because they want you to deny that there is a God, that he sent his son Jesus to die for the whole world, and that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. You see, we gather today... Not just to celebrate the birth of just another man, but to celebrate the prophet that Moses spoke of, capital P, who came to fulfill all the scriptures about the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Philippians 2 says, Wherefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. What name? That at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, we're going to make it really narrow because the world complains that Christianity is too narrow. And there's a reason why Christianity is very narrow. Just a few days prior to his resurrection, Jesus taught his disciples something very important in the upper room the night before his crucifixion. In John 14, 6, we read this. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one gets to heaven except through Jesus. We have gathered together this day to celebrate a man who is the Son of God, and he makes this statement about himself. He is not a baby laying in a manger. He is not a man who is buried in a gasket. He is the Son of God who offers every person on the face of this earth an opportunity to have a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Again, let's explain a little bit more. One night, Jesus had an encounter with a religious man named Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. A Pharisee was a man who knew the Scriptures perfectly. The Pharisees prided themselves on the idea that they would be allowed into heaven because, here's why, Because of their strict obedience to the law, a Pharisee, to become a Pharisee, you had to have the first five books of the Bible memorized word perfect to even qualify as a Pharisee. They thought that by going to the synagogue, that by giving a portion of their finances to God, and that by staying away from those who practiced evil things, that these good works would allow them entrance into heaven. 
And they were seriously mistaken. As Jesus says in John chapter 3, please read the whole chapter. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? It's a very good question. It's a very logical question. Jesus doesn't rebuke him or mock him or ridicule him. He answers him with this. Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, capital S in your Bible, the Holy Spirit, he, she, cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Nicodemus, you're born. You're born of your parents. That's flesh. I'm speaking to you of spiritual things. You need to be born again, Nicodemus. For that which is born of the Spirit, capital S, is Spirit. Jesus told this religious person that he must be born again. And for 2,000 years now, the message hasn't changed. For those of us who have become born again or who have accepted Jesus as our Savior, there's now a much deeper meaning to Christmas. If Jesus is not your Savior, then Christmas is just another holiday. If Jesus is not your Savior, the Scriptures say that you are hopelessly lost and eternally damned. The Scriptures clearly tell us that Jesus is coming back one more time to this earth, and He is coming back as a righteous judge and not a baby. The Scriptures also tell us that we will all stand before His judgment seat and be judged according to our works. And the simple question that Jesus will ask you, because you will stand in front of Jesus, is what did you do? What did you do with my name? What did you do? Well, I accepted you. Then you're not going to be in the great white throne judgment. You won't even be there. These are for those who have not accepted Jesus as their Savior. And they'll say, well, you know, I wasn't such a bad person. Did you sin once? End of conversation. So if you came to church today to fulfill an obligation to make somebody happy, and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, the best thing you can do is receive Jesus as your Savior. Not to make your family members happy, but to make sure you know where you're going when you die. And over the next few hours, we're going to start sharing gifts with each other. And I would like to offer you the first gift. You're not joining a church system, but a family unit. Matter of fact, I might never see you again. If you're visiting from out of town. I received Jesus as my Savior when I was 17 years old. That was 46 years ago. I don't regret it. But I had to make a choice. It was a different choice than my parents. My parents, my parents didn't like it and they didn't accept it. That's okay. If you're old enough to understand you're a sinner in need of a Savior, then you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Receive Jesus today. Don't play games with God. If you're an older person and you're coming out of religious obligation, you're not going to heaven because you punched the clock. The Bible clearly tells us that. The Bible says there is no one good, no, not one. You're not good enough to get to heaven. Stop fooling yourself. So even as an older person, you need to receive Jesus as your Savior. As Jesus went to Nicodemus and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again, Nicodemus. You must. And so as I mentioned in the beginning, I'm going to say a little prayer. And it's kind of like when things, like, like dominoes, when all the dominoes line up, they just boom, 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 boom. Maybe in your life, I know God has poured into your life, because that's what his Bible says. 
And certain people have said things and said things and said things. And maybe it's this morning right now. Maybe you're sitting there going, you know what? It finally makes sense. That's the Holy Spirit inspiring you to realize it finally makes sense. So the Holy Spirit is inviting you to receive Jesus as your Savior. I'm going to say a little prayer, and it's not the prayer. Don't get hung up in the prayer. But if that's you, if you're serious, God will know that. You just pray the prayer in the privacy of your own heart, and you will become a son. You will become a daughter of God. You might not understand it. Don't worry. You'll figure it out. We all were there. I didn't have a clue when I was 17. But the Lord showed me through going to church, through prayer, through reading the word, through mature Christians. Oh, that's what happened. Now I get it. Make the right decision. So I'm going to pray a prayer. If you'd like to pray it, just uh, pray it in the privacy of your heart. God, I get it. I understand. I'm a sinner. Which means I need a Savior. So God, I, I, I repent. I turn to you. And I ask for your forgiveness. God, I invite your Holy Spirit to come into my life. I'm not sure what that means, but I trust you're going to show me. I invite Jesus to be my Savior and to become my Lord. Again, I'm not sure what that means but I trust you're going to show me. And God, I say thank you that you have accepted me according to your word and that I am now your son, I am now your daughter, and I can call you father, my father. In Jesus' name, amen. As we continue to pray. In the spiritual gap, Father, we just uh, maybe you've been away. Maybe it's time for you to come back. So you're a believer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't have to go on and on and explain this. You're ready to repent. Just pray this prayer after me. Father, I know it was me. It wasn't you. You've been there all along, and I know it. So, Father, I surrender. I repent. I turn back to you. And again, I I surrender my life to you. Fill me fresh with your Holy Spirit. I can't do this on my own. Help me to remember that, that I can't do this on my own. That I need your word. I need more of your Holy Spirit. I need a fellowship with like-minded believers. I need prayer. Father, I need these things. Give me strength through your Holy Spirit to participate in all these things. And Father, I thank you for embracing me and welcoming me home. Father, we do thank you for these days we're living in. Very exciting days. Very challenging days. Very concerning days. Lord, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. That as we go into our communities, as we go into our schools, as we go into our neighborhoods, 
wherever we might be, we'd be available. We'd be available to love someone. Even as we sang this morning, there's a potential brother, a potential sister out there. So fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Bless the next few weeks that will be available to be used by you as we speak of Christmas and and all the good, the bad, and the ugly about it. That we can bring it back to Jesus. Bring it back to Jesus. Bring it back to Jesus. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this time. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Well, why don't we all stand? And, uh, you know, if you're new or visiting, we clap because of the theology and the songs. But what I'd like us all to do right now is get your hands ready so that we can clap for the saints here who have been here since 630 uh, preparing and singing songs this morning for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, we're going to, you know, we don't have any Wednesday night service. For those of you who regularly attend here, no Wednesday night service this week. Um, our next event is going to be next Saturday at 430. We're going to have a chili cook-off, so we encourage you to come. We're going to have uh, music outside. We're going to start at 430, music, praise, prayer. We're also going to have testimonies, lots of food, come out and fellowship. Before we sing the closing song, um, I always like to sing one song for Jesus, especially with the young ones. You got you young ones ready to sing happy birthday to Jesus? Let's sing happy birthday to Jesus. You guys ready? We're going to sing happy birthday. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a blessed Christmas. The newborn king, peace on earth and mercy, my God and sinners reconciled. Joyful of the nations rise, join the triumph of the skies with angelic hosts. Sun of righteousness, I 
strong to save in your mighty name, King of heaven, come. Christ the everlasting Lord Christmas. Come up for prayer if you need prayer.